Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez on Zoom here with Aaron Keller. And for the first time in a long time, we have Endo Wildlife Diversity Biologist, Matt Flores. Matt, I think you were a habitat biologist. I used to be the water development coordinator for the Southern region. And the last time I was featured on this, I was filthy and delivering water to a much needed gelzer back in 2018, I believe. Yep, and now here you are, habitat biologist. Awesome to have you back. Yeah, diversity biologist, thank you, Ashley. Oh gosh, what am I saying? See, I can't keep track. I can't keep track. <laughs> well, good to have you back and as a diversity biologist. And then we have Christian Daniels. It is awesome to have you. We actually just came across an article uh, with Fox 5 Las Vegas that you were featured in because you've started the Desert Balloon Project on Facebook, which is all about helping desert tortoises. So Christian, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. And I was telling you, we're going to get into that. We're going to come back to that and how people can help in the whole backstory. But first, um, it just so happens to be Wild Turtle Week. And Matt, we had a few questions for you as a diversity biologist to get out there before we get started. Um, we were saying, Aaron and I were having a huge debate. Is a turtle a tortoise? <laughs> or is a turtle, what is the difference? Can you answer this question? Uh, I'll try. Uh, <laughs> a, a tortoise is a purely terrestrial turtle. All tortoises are turtles, uh, but not all turtles are tortoises. Uh, I, I believe that the nomenclature is somewhat, it's not overly scientific, but um, all terrestrial tortoises or all terrestrial turtles that are evolved to completely live on land, completely away from any aquatic system could be considered a tortoise. Got it. So that, that you did a pretty good job clearing that up. We wanted to make sure talking about desert tortoises falls in this wild turtle week celebration. So it definitely does. It sounds like. Absolutely. So on that topic, what turtles do we have here in Nevada? Uh, well, unfortunately, we can have a lot of non-native species of turtles that have been uh, introduced to our aquatic systems, which would be Lake Mead. Uh, that could be any number of turtles that have been released. And we strongly discourage uh, pet owners from releasing their turtles into the wild. Turtles live a very long time. Sometimes they outlive their owners. Uh, they can live to 100 years in certain cases in captivity. So the, the problem of what to do with a turtle or a, or a tortoise uh, when they live as long as they do is an issue. Um, so we can have a number of non-native species within Nevada. We have one native species of aquatic turtle that is the Western Pond Turtle. And that is up near Reno within the Truckee River Systems and the Walker River Systems, I believe. And then we have the desert tortoise is uh, the other native species of turtle we have. Good to know. So um, how does that impact our populations? Does that have an impact when people are introducing non-native species in uh, our waters? Absolutely. Um, we have a lot of very, what's the word, <laughs> very small populations of fish that have evolved to these very small desert springs. 
And when you introduce a very large predator, like an aquatic turtle that had never been there to a species of fish that have evolved with no predators, that can be very detrimental to them. Um, the, uh, for example, like a Midland softshell turtle, which can eat fish, uh, will quickly burn through a population of say a thousand springfish that we have that are isolated to a very small spring system. So please do not dump your tortoises or turtles or whatever you've got into a natural system. <laughs> the, yeah, it's not good for the turtles and tortoises that you're gonna be dumping either. I know sometimes it's, sometimes I'm like, I can't believe we have to say this, but we do. <laughs> so, um, um, so that goes to show why I think like this week we've been doing all this outreach, promoting wild turtle week, trying to get the word out on not only invasive turtles and what happens when you release turtles that don't belong here into our waters, but all the threats they face. So what are some of the other threats they face? Uh, from in dumping uh, or ditching? Just in general. Oh, in um, general. Like we could focus on the desert tortoise, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Uh, desert tortoises face a lot of issues, obviously, they're, uh, because they're an endangered species that makes perfect sense. Um, the big one being habitat loss. We have, uh, you know, moved into the desert and built cities and highways and solar farms and all kinds of stuff, water parks, uh, you know, roller coasters, casinos, and that has taken away habitat from them that would normally be occupied by desert tortoises. Uh, another issue that they face is invasive weeds. We brought non-native plant species like uh, the non-native brome grasses, uh, red brome and cheat grass to Southern Nevada and uh, the Mojave Desert Systems. And they have lowered the quality of habitat that desert tortoises inhabit. Uh, additionally, we've thrown highways and all kinds of roads and stuff that have, have become barriers to movement for desert tortoises across the, the ecosystem. So normally desert tortoises could range, you know, miles, run into a whole bunch of their buddies. And now they can't because, you know, there's a big highway in the way that's hard for them to cross. Uh, another issue that is very unique to the tortoises is any loss of large breeding mature adults is very bad for them because uh, I think one in 10 of their hatchlings make it to breeding age. So when you have such a low likelihood of them ever reproducing from the hatching stage to adulthood, which takes a long time, that uh, becomes very important that these large, you know, mature adults that are able to breed, which have no natural predators, you know, continue to persist on the landscape for the long time that they live, which is like 60 years or so uh, once they reach adulthood. So they can be able to be 80 years, uh, 90 years in the wild. Got it. So facing a lot of threats, which brings yes. to Christian, one of those threats people not may, may not be aware of is balloons. <laughs> um, so I, I think maybe we'll toss it to Christian. Um, how did you get this idea for the Desert Balloon Project, which that's what it focuses on, clearing um, up balloons? Well, me and my family, were big hikers, so we'll spend lots of time in the desert and then like just on one of our trips I saw like a really distracting and I like I wasn't sure what it is was so like out of curiosity I went up to whatever that thing was in the bush and I found out it was a balloon and then 
after I found that one, it was just kind of like a chain. Like we just found one after another after another. And then I realized like how many are in here. So then I asked my dad if we could like create like a social media page about it. And then that's how the Desert Bloom Project was born. Got it. Yeah, I had never realized what a big threat. It just sounds so random, balloons, but I was reading into it and looking into it before this podcast, and it really is an issue. Matt, do you want to talk to that at all? Uh, certainly. So desert tortoises and uh, desert bighorn sheep also are basically cruising around looking for something to eat, and they like to eat flowers uh, during the desert blooms which are very colorful and they are full of protein and nutrients and water that those species want. So desert tortoise will actually look for these indicators and a mylar balloon or a latex balloon looks a lot or can look a lot like a delicious flower to a desert tortoise and then eat it. And uh, I don't need to tell you that eating a mylar balloon probably isn't the best thing for them. So here we have Christian. How old are you Christian? I'm 16 who started this entire project, which is awesome. And um, it's something we could all get on board with. Um, so can you explain what the Desert Balloon Project is and how people could get involved? So the Desert Balloon Project is where me and my family, will just go to random spots in the desert. So like, you, you guys know Valley of Fire. Like, so yeah. we won't go there because it's like a heavily populated hiking trail. So we'll go out to like where we'll like find a spot, pull to the side of the road and then just hike straight into the desert. So we will go into non-populated areas and that's where we find tons of balloons. And then, so you started this Facebook page and it started to get, it looks like it has a ton of followers now. It does. <laughs> Nice. (laughs) Last time I checked, it was at 800, I think, was the last time I checked. That's awesome. Well, hopefully we help spread the word and get more people involved. So you're really just asking people, spreading the message and asking them to keep an eye out for balloons and other garbage out in the desert? That is correct. Aaron, you're off mute. What were you yeah, gonna I was going to say that um, I, like Christian, spend a lot of time outdoors and hiking around and shed hunting, and um, they're very common, um, almost too common. Um, and I've seen on, on social media and stuff, um, trying to get people to be just more aware that when you let something go like a mylar balloon up in the sky, eventually it's going to come down and it's going to land in habitat. And, um, to try to think out, think about that and make a conscious effort to buy for a birthday party, um, right? When that time comes around or a graduation to, uh, to celebrate in some other way other than mile or something. Yeah, people have good intentions. They're just trying to celebrate. That's why it's hard for me to say litter because I don't know if people are intentionally... Um, releasing blooms but it happens and it impacts our wildlife yep i think that's a great way to put it yep well i want to get into more of what people could do to help um and 
Christian, if you have advice on where people can check out your page, how they could get involved, and also Matt will talk to you, but we're going to get into that after the break you are listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we are joined by wildlife diversity biologist Matt Flores. We also have Christian Daniels with the Desert Balloon Project, which is aimed at helping desert tortoises through different cleanup projects, um, specifically aimed at cleaning up balloons. So um, this is all in celebration of Wild Turtle Week. Before the break, Christian, we had you tell us a little bit about the Desert Balloon Project, how it was started. You said you have hundreds of followers now. How long have you had this page? About a year and a half. Okay. That's pretty good growth then in that time. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and if people want to find you, they, do they just type in Desert Balloon Project? Is that the best way to reach out and connect? Mm, yeah. Probably. For, to, okay. So they probably want to go to the Facebook page and then like all my info is on the Facebook page. So if they have any questions, they can message me or call me through there. So. Awesome. It's like efforts like this that help us so much um, with helping our wildlife. And Matt, do you have other tips? As we were saying, it's wild turtle week. So we're not even just talking desert tortoises. Any other tips? It sounds ridiculous, some of the tips we get because it's so obvious, but people need to know them still. Um, what are some of the tips in general just to protect our native turtle species? Okay, well, uh, if you're out and about in the desert, uh, you could potentially see one of these animals, uh, one of the desert tortoises. Uh, if you do that, do not touch it. Just leave it be. It's doing its thing. It doesn't need any help. It loves being out in the desert, even though you might think it needs help in any sort of capacity. It does not. It's, it's totally fine. Um, if the only time it may need some assistance is if you see it crossing the road, in which case, again, I want to encourage you not to touch it, just to basically uh, shepherd it across the road instead of actually touching it. You can potentially transmit a, a respiratory disease by handling these things. It's unlikely, but it could happen. And you could also freak them out and then they do what's called voiding, which is they piss themselves. And that's really bad for them because they don't pee very often in the wild. They conserve water as best they can because they're very desert uh, adapted and evolved. And that means that they hold their urine for a very long time. So if it, you cause it to void uh, by, by touching it, that's not a good thing for it. So the best way to, to prevent that is to just not handle them, not freak them out. Uh, another tip, uh, if you're out hiking in the desert, once you come back to your vehicle, uh, just to take a look underneath the vehicle to make sure no tortoises have gone under your vehicle while you were away. They can be attracted to a shady spot and if uh, that could be potentially be created by your, the chassis of your vehicle. So take a look uh, underneath, there could be a tortoise hanging out. 
and you don't want to hit them. Um, if you are, you know, driving across the desert, I, I would encourage you to adhere to a uh, speed limit that is closer to 25 miles per hour. Uh, so you have, not only could you see a desert tortoise because they can often look like rocks when they're crossing a dirt road, but you also be able to stop in time to not hit that desert tortoise. It's because like I said earlier, hitting them is very, very bad for them, uh, like any wildlife. Good information that I don't think a lot of people know. I didn't know some of that stuff. I'm learning information every day when we do this podcast. Um, Aaron, you had some good questions during the break, or you made some good points that this isn't just in the desert. Um, do you want to speak to that? Yeah, I mean, so I went on the, the Facebook page um, yesterday and just kind of clicked around and, and kind of seeing what the mission and the goal was. And um, it's very clear, and I think Christian can agree that um, this isn't just a desert issue. Um, you know, the balloons, when, you, when they're let go into the sky, they don't just come down just in the desert. It's all over the world. Um, oceans um, are affected, rivers, creeks, everything's affected by letting these balloons go. And so it's good. It's a good message to just pick up after yourself. And like you said before the break, a lot of people don't think about the balloons getting away from them at a birthday party as littering. Um, but I think if they stopped and thought about it for a second, they would agree that um, it's just like everything else. Um, you know, aluminum cans in the desert is the same as, you know, these mylar balloons, except they're a little more harmful to animals that can't tell the difference between the mylar balloons and the flowers or um, a food source. So um, I think it's a great message. and. Um, I wanted to ask Christian, how many miles do you think you've logged uh, looking for balloons? Over 800 miles, for sure. Wow. That's impressive. And how often, how often do you get out? Do you go out once a week or? Mm, usually, like, in the summer months, we usually go, like, once a week just because of how hot it is. But when it's, like, fall and winter, we usually go – to the anywhere between two and five times a week. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw one of your posts uh, a while back that you guys are wearing out sets of boots. So I know you guys are putting in some long miles. Yeah. And Christian, it looks like you have some partners now helping you spread the message. Hopefully we can help spread that message too. But um, you have now have Nevada Energy, Tool Springs National Monument. So are they just helping you get the word out there? Um, yeah is um nevada energy they printed out 2000 brochure brochures for me and i've um with tuli springs i've done i've uh joined uh like the palestine palooza and like events they uh hold yeah very cool so this movement is getting some traction anything that you would advise people if they're getting out to join in and that there's a point I want to make that um, you're getting outside enjoying wilderness and you could be giving back to conservation so it's something that people should want to do any advice you'd want to give to people who are getting out there um if they see uh, a balloon in a bush the, I would highly recommend picking it up with this stick because there's a high chance rattlesnakes are in there and bring lots of water, especially in these 
summer months, it gets really hot really fast. So for our protection, we want to bring lots of water so we stay hydrated and don't pass out in the middle of the desert. <laughs> Good tips from someone who's been doing it for a while now. <laughs> he knows the drill. Is there any other information that either of you want to get out just as far as the Desert Balloon Project goes or Matt, any other information on turtles and tortoises? Not, not really. <laughs> Christian, anything else you want to say to the people while we have you here? Um, we're, we've been trying to get it like a, a legislation passed where to ban the mass release of balloons because it, like when you think about those like with party city they have hundreds of thousands of balloons that are purchased probably every week and then people release them and then they end up in the desert um oceans ponds lakes pretty much anywhere on the earth they will end up Hey, Christian, do you have any um, alternative uh, like ideas that you want to give anyone for instead of balloons? What, what are some ideas they could buy for celebrations or birthdays or things like that? Mm, flowers, probably like flowers and I guess like fun party games or party items besides balloons. I agree. There's no need for balloons and you're done with them after after one day. <laughs> and I thought I thought for sure you would say cake. <laughs> yes, cake. Everybody loves cake. <laughs> well, I appreciate both of you coming on and um, sharing information. We covered a lot, so that's why it's kind of hard. We're talking turtles. We're talking um desert tortoises specifically. We're talking about Christian's project, but I think we covered a lot of good information that people need to know. Aaron, were you going to say something else to add to it? No, I just want to thank Christian and Matt for coming on. And um, I think it's a cool project and uh, something that um, people can get behind. And um, I'm glad that we settled the debate that tortoises are turtles. Yes, they are. <laughs> Everyone on Facebook, listen up <laughs> to the people that were arguing me. Um, and yeah, check out Desert Balloon Project. Christian, hopefully we get you up to a thousand followers next. Hopefully. <laughs> well, we'll, of course. Thank you so much, both of you. And um, yeah, we might have to get both of you on. Be on standby. We'll probably be calling both of you to get you back on a podcast. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.